Welcome to the Community Conversations podcast, where we believe that world transformation begins with gospel transformation, and gospel transformation begins with discovering the truth about who God is and who you are. And it starts right now. Thank you for that intro, Katie, and welcome to another episode of the Community Conversations podcast. Um, I am excited for this episode. I have a new guest speaker here with me today. She's never been on, and um, she's very, very attractive, and I'm going to see if I can get her number afterwards, so stay tuned next week, and I'll let you know just how that went for me. (laughs) I don't know. Not looking very promising so far. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was being humble. That was me being (laughs) humble. I think I could probably get more than your number if I wanted to. (laughs) Are you allowed to say that? I don't know. We're going to find out. (laughs) Um, So if you don't know, this is my wife, Katie. Hello. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. (laughs) How are you? Good. Um, I am excited for this episode. Um, You know, we've been talking about the character of God. And last year in Foundations, last year you came in and taught for a session or a couple sessions maybe um, on the fruit of the Spirit. And I wanted to do an episode where we kind of start leaning into the fruit of the Spirit because you had presented it in a way that I've actually never heard before. Mm. And I thought it would be fun to talk about that on the episode. Yeah, absolutely. It was really fun to teach, so... I'm excited to keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, before we get there, um, let's kind of go back just a bit. So Noah and I last week got into, you know, talking about the character of God. And we've been talking pretty consistently just on how important it is that we correctly perceive him as he is, mm-hmm. rather than living with these, as, a, as I've called it, like unvalidated assumptions Yeah, to where... You know, we we end up living our lives assuming that God is one way without actually ever taking the time to know him well enough to know if what we think is true. Yeah. Yeah. So often I think, and I mean, you can find these experiences just in your daily life with people. It's the easier route to assume that what you experience somebody to be is actually true for mm-hmm. what it is when in reality... Like, say you could, I don't know, run into somebody and they're really just like angry and it seems super irrational. Mm -hmm. And you just take that for what it is and you're like, well, this person must (laughs) just be a total jerk. Uh But maybe, you know, they're actually super kind, but they just had a really bad day. They got really bad news, you know, like something, something went wrong. And so they, you know, happened you happen to be the person that they took it out on. But mm-hmm. in reality, they're actually like maybe one of the kindest people. Right. You just caught them at the wrong moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like there are definitely experiences with the Lord too that through, you know, whether it's past wounds or our current circumstances, we view his action actions or his character to be something completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. Like, well the Lord told me this, but if he really knew me, 
you know, like we can, (laughs) and it's like, actually, he told you that because he really knows you Mm -hmm. and because he knows what to pull out of you in this moment, because, you know, you are allowing yourself to see yourself incorrectly, you know, he's just so utterly kind and so, so good that sometimes it seems backwards, but we can mistake that for being Mm -hmm. something completely different. Yeah. And I wonder too, if sometimes the unvalidated assumptions that we have about God come because somewhere in our lives, at some point we have been under the teaching or maybe not even like under the teaching of somebody, but just around people who misrepresent him and don't really know him themselves. Yeah. And I think a lot of times for, for people who maybe are newer to Christianity or um, haven't, you know, been around this thing as long as we have, Mm -hmm. I think it could be easy to come in. And if you happen to come in, you know, like I said, under the teaching of somebody who is misrepresenting him and, and is painting this picture of God as this grumpy old religious guy, mm-hmm. you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to, to assume that, oh, that's what he's really like is, you know, that's yeah. what I've heard about him. Right. Yeah. If you see somebody who, you know, is your, especially if is it is your first exposure to Christianity or being a believer, you know, if you see somebody who's up on the stage or behind the podium, you know, like yelling and seemingly very angry about what he's mm-hmm. teaching about. It's like, well, I don't really know if I want to be a part of something like this, you yeah. know, like all you're doing is pointing the finger and blaming and making me feel guilty for how I've been living when, mm-hmm. yeah, that is just a complete misre- just, re- misrepresentation of who God is. Yeah. Just the opposite of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk a bit Let's get, because uh, here, well, here's what I want to say. So the fruit of the spirit, as as we've you've heard Noah talk about at this point, um, that we've known for a while, that the fruit of the spirit is it's not the fruits of the spirit, right? Which is funny because yeah. that's my whole life. It's been the fruits of the spirit, right? Everybody knows the song, yeah. You know? Yeah, (laughs) we probably all said fruits of the spirit (laughs) when we were singing it. Right. But uh, in the Greek, if you look at how it's actually written, fruit is singular. Mm. There's one fruit and it's the fruit of love. Um, And so before we even get into the other eight expressions of that, let's talk just a little bit about the foundation of love. Yeah. Um, We were actually recently talking about the story in Matthew 3. Mm-hmm. The one where Jesus is baptized. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I probably all of us know this story of Jesus going down to be baptized by John the Baptist. And John's like, whoa, hold on. Like, you mm-hmm. should be the one baptizing me. <laughs> like, yeah. this is not correct. <laughs> and, but Jesus is like, no, in order to fulfill, fulfill all righteousness, this is what has to be done. And so I can imagine John probably somewhat unwillingly is like, okay, you know, that's a lot of pressure when (laughs) you know that like, okay, this is the guy right? and I'm the one that he's choosing to have baptized him. Like that. John had just announced (laughs) to everybody there, hey guys, this is the Lamb of God who's come to take away the sin of the world. Yeah. And Jesus is like, cool, now you baptize me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so John does it. He agrees. Um, and we, you know, we know that as soon as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens opened up and you hear the voice of God just like thundering over that everybody could hear it mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Yeah. And I mean, just imagining that moment yeah. is wild. You know, <laughs> it's like, wait, I want to be there for that. <laughs> right. And when I think of that, just now you were talking about that and it paints a picture for me of like a kid who's at like, the mall or at Target mm-hmm. or something, and they've never heard a voice come over like yeah. the loud intercom before, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, yeah. or <laughs> there's that moment in Elf. <laughs> oh yeah, where, <laughs> and it like he's never heard that before, and he's like looking around, yeah. you know, like panicking, like what? Right? What, who is that? Like imagine what that moment would have been like. Oh, you know, man. yeah, I'm sure it shook a lot of people to their core. Yeah. Like, whoa, this is serious. Yeah. <laughs> But also that proclamation from the father that he says over Jesus, that this is my beloved son mm-hmm. with whom I am well pleased. I yeah. think that is more profound than we often give it credit to be. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you look at Jesus's life up until that point, like what do we know about what he's done Basically in ministry nothing. up until then is like, <laughs> Nothing. Maybe he's like built some nice tables or, you right. know, done some nice yeah. carpenter things, mm-hmm. but like no miracles, no signs, no yeah. wonders yet. Right. You know, he hasn't even preached his first. Well, I guess that's not entirely true because in the temple when he was young, but when he was, yeah, you know, his like full launched ministry. Right. Is not, has not begun yet. Yeah. Yet still. The father's like, hey, this is my boy mm-hmm. and I love him and I am really pleased with him. Yeah. And so the fact that like before Jesus has begun his ministry, the Lord's making that declaration over to him. That is a huge statement mm-hmm. that should speak so loudly to all of us. Yeah. That like, hey, Jesus didn't have to earn my affection. Jesus didn't have to earn my love. Right. And neither do you. Right. Yeah. Not only does he not have to earn my love, but my love is going to be the thing that is about to launch him yeah. into ministry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everything is stemming out of. That's yeah. what every single miracle is rooted in. That's mm-hmm. what every single healing is rooted in. You know, everything that Jesus does has that foundation mm-hmm. of him knowing I am loved. Right. I am a son. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I think that's such a prof- prophetic proclamation, not just for Jesus, but over all of us too, mm-hmm. that, you know, as his sons and daughters, our starting point is that we are the beloved of God. That, yeah. That's like our starting point. Right. And it's hard because how often do we end up like striving and performing for a spot yeah. in the family, yeah. for a spot, you know, for that position of becoming the beloved. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, how many things do I need to check off my to-do list right? in order to make it into the beloved crew? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
what are the things that I can say? What are the things that I can do? How many people can I pray for? Mm-hmm. Or how many people do I need to pray for in order to make it? Yeah. yeah. That really none of that is required yeah. at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I feel like that's, it's funny that that's harder to accept for mm-hmm. us than doing all the things. You'd think that it'd be a huge relief. Right. And I think it is when you fully realize, you right. know, like, oh, the Lord loves me just as I am. Yeah. Not for what I do. He loves me for who I am mm-hmm. and who he created me to be. Yeah. But it seems like for some reason that it's harder for us to accept that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, but wait, what about all these things that I can do for you? Yeah. And I think that's just a natural consequence of the world that we live yeah. in because that's how people view love. It's conditional. Right. And it's, you know, a feeling that can be fleeting. It's something that comes and goes with like, how nice have you been to me today? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll love you today. Yeah. You know, or like, yeah. When you've been a jerk to me, then no, you know, like yeah. you've got to earn your way back into my graces. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, though, but the world is just set up on like a performance driven scale. Oh, yeah. Everything is, mm-hmm. whether it's your job, it's sports, it's yeah. school, everything is graded and everything is based on performance. Right. And so it's really hard not to carry that into the kingdom. Yeah. And realize yeah. that there's actually no grounds for performance whatsoever. Right. And yeah. that whatever it is that we're called or meant to do is is meant to be something that is launched out of the foundation of beloved identity mm-hmm. and love. Yeah. That's the starting point, not right. the goal. Yeah. You know, yeah. people view it as like, okay, down the road, I'll make it to this place. Mm-hmm. You know, down the road, the father will love me after I do this, 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 this. But in reality, he, or in truth, he wants us to do the complete opposite of like, hey, I know that I'm loved, so I get to do all these things in order to further his kingdom. I get to do all these things to celebrate the fact that I am loved, Mm -hmm. to show everybody what it's like to be part of the kingdom, to be a beloved son or daughter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what love can actually do. Mm -hmm. Love can heal the sick. Yeah. Love can raise the dead. Right. You know? Yep. It's not getting the perfect formula of words yeah. together. And, you know, it's just it's just yeah. doing it out of love. <laughs> and it's interesting that from that point when Jesus is baptized and the Father makes that proclamation over him and then the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Mm-hmm. And in John's gospel, you know, he says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove yeah. and remained. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important. Yeah. Because I... I, th- I think it's fair to say that Jesus is probably the first person upon whom the Holy Spirit both descended and remained. Right. Yeah. Because Old Testament Holy Spirit would, it was visitation. Mm-hmm. So he would come upon people. Yeah. You know, and come hang out for a few minutes. Necessarily then... just anybody, but like prophets, kings, yeah. judges, right. uh, priests. Pro- yeah. uh, I heard it said prophets, but um, but yeah. So now we've got this kind of paradigm shift where Jesus is, he's showing people what life looks like with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. But he goes from there and is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that he had this, this 
I, this proclamation of identity spoken over him mm-hmm. by the father. This is my son. Yeah. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And then he is led by the spirit into the wilderness mm-hmm. where he fasts for 40 days. And then he has his identity questioned. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just coming off of this, you know, that like big moment. Right. And then, yeah, the questions that the enemy asks are all pointing to, are you sure? Right. Are you sure that's who you are? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, are you really the son of God? Like, if you are, you know, do all these things right. and then I'll believe you. Right. But, you know, now that Jesus has this, you know, this incredible foundation and revelation, mm-hmm. I think... You know, there's nothing yeah, that could shake him. There's nothing that could make him feel like, oh, maybe I do need to prove it because he is so rooted yeah. in the love of the Father. And that's why we've spent so much time on this podcast talking about the importance of hearing God's voice. Yeah. Because I think for us, it is, it is just so, and I feel like I've said this a hundred times, but I'll probably keep saying it, mm-hmm. that we need to hear our identity spoken firsthand from the Father. Yeah. It's one thing for you or for Jamie and Dar or for, you know, people around me to tell me who I am. Yeah. And that's valuable and Mm -hmm. that's necessary. But there's something entirely different about hearing the voice of the God who made me, who made the world, telling me who I am. Absolutely. Because the more I can hear it from him, the deeper that'll go. Yeah. And the less likely I'll ever be to question my love. Right. Identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because somebody can tell you something, you know, as many times as they want mm-hmm. coming from a different source. Sure. But when you hear it from the source, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that person wasn't exaggerating or right. that person wasn't just trying to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. They weren't just trying to pull me out of a funk, you know, like right. they were actually speaking the truth from the creator right from the source of life and love yeah yeah and it completely revolutionizes everything in your life when mm-hmm. you realize that i am fully loved yeah yeah it's and it seems so simple like you said like we say it so often right but i don't think we could ever say it enough right i don't think it could ever be said too much because i mean <laughs> you know there's just no greater there's no greater revelation mm-hmm. to get in your life. Yeah. If you get that, you're good to go. Yeah. All other things will fall in its place. Right. Well, and so Jesus goes on from, you know, he's baptized and then he spends that time in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you read the gospel, it's not, it, they kind of paint it uh, or it seems like he goes and goes from on from there. Mm-hmm. And then he starts choosing his first disciples. Yeah. And then you've got the wedding and then mm-hmm. you've got, you know, slowly he starts kind of snowballing into this ministry. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything he did really was, it was empowered by the father's love for him, mm-hmm. but it was also him expressing his love for humanity. Yeah. Um, and so let's actually, let's talk about, expressions of love. Okay. Um, because love, it does have probably more expressions than we could even talk about right. on this episode. Yeah. But, you know, I think about, um, 
uh, we'll say 1 Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Mm -hmm. And it goes on. And those are expressions of love. Yeah. And I think about um, John 3, 16, Mm -hmm. a very simple one. Yeah. For God so loved that he gave. Mm -hmm. And so when you have love, it takes these forms, different forms of expression. Yeah. I love, so I give. Mm-hmm. I love, so I'm kind. Right. I love, so I don't boast and I don't, I'm not envious. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that kind of leads us into what we want to talk about with the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Because it's the one fruit, love, and it has these other eight expressions that come with it. Mm-hmm. But, and this is what uh, I want us to talk about for a bit. This idea that you presented in Foundations last year that um, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, has these expressions, but those other eight expressions can take counterfeit forms mm-hmm. in people's lives when when we're not actually rooted in love. Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. I'd never really thought about that. Yeah, yeah. When I was studying for the teaching, I think as I was just looking at each of these different expressions of love, um, I just realized that like, you know, I've seen these things in the world that are clearly not rooted Mm -hmm. in the true form of love that Mm -hmm. comes from the father. You know, you can see people have patience, you know, you can see Mm -hmm. people being kind, but I was like, okay, well, Lord, well, how did they do it? without sure. having that foundation. And I felt like he just gave me this huge download of what they all look like without that foundation of sure. love and without that actual fruit of the spirit. And I was kind of like, whoa, like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. You know, they all, you know, we'll go through them in just a minute. But there were so many of the things that he kind of equated it to like, biting into like a rotten fruit mm-hmm. where I'm sure we've all had this experience or a rotten vegetable, something, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of food that like, it looks like it should be fine on the outside. Right. I feel like bananas are kind of notorious for this <laughs> a little bit. That Like sometimes the peel will look great. Yeah. And then you like peel it and you take a bite and you're like, what right. just happened? <laughs> like yeah. this thing is either whether it's like completely unripe or right. way overripe, you know, like it's yeah. just a really startling experience, honestly, where right. it's like, okay, I was expecting something <laughs> really good and I was excited about this uh-huh. and now I'm just so sad. <laughs> I'm leaving with like this disappointing experience of eating this fruit. And I think the fruits of the, the fruit of the spirit can be mm. the expressions of that fruit of the spirit. Love can be the same experience um, when it's not rooted in love. Yeah. Because sure, on the surface, it looks like this, but underneath there's always some type of Mm. ulterior motive Yeah, when those things are being expressed. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the first one, which is joy. Uh Uh-huh. So love produces joy. We know that. Yeah. But what would it look like for a person who is not truly rooted in the love of God? but they look joyful mm-hmm. on the outside. Yeah. What might that be? So uh, happiness. Okay. Happiness would be the counterfeit of joy because happiness is just circumstantial. Yeah. 
it's something that can come and go really easily with, you know, one thing you drop your lollipop on the ground and your happiness is gone. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> whereas <laughs> if you are in like rooted in joy and you have that love behind behind the joy that you carry, you know, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, yeah, no big deal. I can go about my day. You know, yeah. you're solid. You don't have this like roller coaster of that emotion of happiness coming and going. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just so, so circumstantial happiness because you are relying on what's going on around you mm-hmm. to determine how you feel. Right. Or how you're being treated. Yeah. To determine how you feel. Yeah. And I think this probably will be true for all of these, <clears throat> but you know, joy isn't, it's not just a feeling we have. It's mm-hmm. actually a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus is the person of joy. Yeah. And he is the embodiment of joy. Right. And the, his spirit that dwells in us is the spirit of joy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I guess the implication is if happiness is circumstantial and it comes and goes, that when we're rooted in love, we have the ability to access his joy at times that we wouldn't normally be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Like through really like hard and tough situations. Yeah. We are still able to access that joy. And I think, is it, I think it's in James. I think it's in the first chapter of James where he's like, Hey guys, count it all as joy. Yeah. <laughs> you go through hard times. <laughs> it's like, what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> like what? Like, I don't think yeah. so. Right. That doesn't feel like it should be true. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we can even speak to that with our recent, you know, miscarriage that we had. Yeah. That yes, 100%, there were times where it was harder to access joy. Right. However, you know, there was, you know, there was immense like mourning. Yeah. For sure. Right. For us. And, you know, there, it still can be hard to talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still pretty fresh. Um, but I felt like the Lord was so kind mm-hmm. in those moments, just even having Nora and Izzy around. Yeah. You know, like I remember like your parents were so kind and saying like, we'll keep them as long as you need. Mm-hmm. But I just felt this like yearning inside of me to have them with me again. Right. Because I knew that like the Lord has given them to us mm-hmm. as a reminder of joy. Yeah. You know, that like, look at the good things though. Mm-hmm. Look at these beautiful, tiny girls that you have, you know, that yeah. are just so full of life and fiery and mm-hmm. wild. And I felt like there were so many moments where I, you know, had maybe let myself kind of start to sink into just like, well, yeah. like, I'm sad and I want to be sad and I don't want to be anything else, you know, that Izzy or Nora would come up and just be like, hi, mommy, how's Mm -hmm. your heart? You know, like Nora (laughs) would just like periodically ask me like, how's your heart? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) You know, I'm like starting to tear up even thinking about it now. Yeah. Um, But those are, and like, of course, those are, you know, somewhat Mm -hmm. worldly things, I guess, you know, but- not, you know, that I think the Lord has blessed us with to 
be able to return us to joy quickly Yeah, and to uh, keep us in a place of that, you know, the solid, the solid joy that mm-hmm. isn't swayed by circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Um, I love John 15. Mm-hmm. We've got this written down here, John 15, 10 and 11. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Yeah. And I love that. And there is there is this aspect where that level of joy requires that we abide mm-hmm. in his love. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying with like you become what you behold. Mm-hmm. When you're abiding in him. Yeah. He is joy. Mm-hmm. So you're abiding in joy. Right. And so like when you are continually placing yourself in the presence and immersing yourself mm-hmm. in the presence of joy, it's going to be really hard to walk away without joy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, because I mean, his, his joy is a gift that he wants to give. Mm-hmm. And so unless we just straight up say like, I don't want it, yeah, then we're going to come away with like being in his presence with an increased level of joy. Yeah. And I wouldn't want this to say or to sound <clears throat> in any way like we're trying to say that like life doesn't have hard moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it for sure does. Yeah. Life is going to be filled with a lot of tough moments. Right. But I think accessing his joy in those moments may be the thing that prevents us from like downward spiraling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And getting lost in the, right. you know, just yeah. all the gray, sad right. feelings because it is easy to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think about when I read the Gospels, it frequently says that Jesus was moved by compassion. Mm. And I feel like... Um, I think compassion differs from sympathy in that, like, if I see that you're having a hard time, mm-hmm. I can have sympathy for you. And I might, if you know, just to, to paint a picture, maybe um, if I see you having a hard time and in my mind, it's like you're sitting, you're like just like sitting in the mud right now yeah. and you're just, you're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And if I have sympathy, I might come and sit with you in that. But Jesus wasn't moved by sympathy. He was moved by compassion. Mm. And so what he does is he comes and he lifts people up out of the the position they're in. Yeah. And so he didn't just have sympathy for the blind. He had compassion mm-hmm. for the blind. Yeah. <laughs> and he lifted them out of that position. Right. He said, here, let me, let me give you sight again. Yeah. And sometimes that can look like temporarily getting in the mud with the person. Sure. You know, rather than... You know, being like, oh, it's so much better up here. You know, right. like, I don't think that yeah. that is what compassion looks like. I think that's yeah. like, I'm just trying to fix your problem because I'm mm-hmm. uncomfortable with you being sad. You know, <laughs> like, hurry yeah. up and get out, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I think that, you know, I think that's what I have learned, like, just in our time of doing ministry here and there of, like, sometimes you just need to, like, get on eye level with sure. people. Yeah. Be like, yeah, this this is this is this hard. sucks you know yeah. like this is a really hard thing that you're in mm-hmm. and you know like i do not blame you 
sure. or put any shame on you for being down here. Mm-hmm. But I also am not going to leave you here. Right. Yeah. When you're, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. We're with you and we see you. Mm-hmm. But when you're ready, let's yeah. go ahead and get you up. Yeah. Get you back on your feet. Yeah. And I think this could lead to a rabbit trail a little bit, but like, <laughs> I mean, if you think about our world, like depression and anxiety yeah. is through the roof. Yeah. And like the world's never seen these levels of depression no, and anxiety like before. Small children yeah. even being diagnosed with depression. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did we get here? And <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. But I think, I guess, just talking about joy, mm-hmm. like when we learn how to have those access moments to joy, when we learn that that can be something that consistently stays within us Mm -hmm. through the hard times, through the sad times, through the times where we have no idea what to do, where we feel lost, you know, just having those moments, taking a minute just to remember the goodness of God in your life, what he's done for you up until this point, you know, having those five bar moments Mm -hmm. of just saying like, Jesus, remind me of a time when you were close. Remind me of a time where you pulled me through the mud, you know, where we pulled me out of the mud. Yeah. And I just wonder how different our world would look if we had a better grasp on that. Yeah. Yeah. Of being able to return to joy. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, Okay. I want to move on and talk about peace next, but let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. All right. Over to you, Katie. (laughs) Are you in the market for top-notch packaging solutions? Look no further. Introducing Associated Packaging, your trusted partner in packaging excellence. We specialize in providing high-quality packaging supplies and cutting-edge packaging automation. Our team is dedicated to ensuring your production runs smoothly with our factory-trained service technicians, just-in-time inventory management, and turnkey packaging solutions. Say goodbye to costly downtime. With Associated Packaging, you'll maximize uptime and reduce downtime, boosting your efficiency and profitability. Don't compromise on packaging quality and efficiency. Choose API for all your packaging needs. Call us today at 706 Four five nine 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 six. Ask for Chad Balistrieri or visit our website at www.associatedpackaging.com. Associated Packaging, where packaging excellence meets innovation. All right. Thanks so much for that sponsorship message, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we are... Like in like newsroom or whatever you would mm-hmm. call it, where they do news and <laughs> the place where news happens. <laughs> where news happens. Um, and I feel like everybody called out, and so you're having to cover like sports <laughs> and weather and like local news. Yeah, take it away, Katie. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Over to you. All right. Hope okay. you guys like the sound of my voice because you are getting a lot of getting it. a lot. <laughs> um, okay. We're not taking reviews at this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can send your complaints to Noah Chance. <clears throat> okay. So uh, we talked about joy mm-hmm. and the next one is peace. Yeah. So when we are deeply rooted and abiding in God's love, mm-hmm. we get to experience his peace. Yeah. But what would you call it 
for a person who maybe looks like they have peace, but are not really rooted or abiding in God's love? Yeah. So a counterfeit peace can look a lot like passivity Mm. or a lack or fear of confrontation. Oh yeah. So if you look at that verse, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people kind of misinterpret that verse to mean like blessed are the peacekeepers. Yeah. Or blessed are you who has peace. Yeah. 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 But it's not just having peace. Mm -hmm. It's actually making peace. Right. Which is a very different thing. (laughs) Which actually, to some of your surprise, may may include a lot of confrontation. Yeah. (laughs) And conversation that can be tough to have in the moment. Um, Because I know, like, I grew up being for sure a peacekeeper of like, yeah. You know, I see some things going on around me. I'm not going to get involved because right. I'm going to keep the peace. Right. You know? <laughs> like, and what that really oh. means is I can tell you guys are, well, you've got whatever going on. Yeah. But I'm at peace. And so I'm not going to get involved. Yeah. Because that'll disrupt my peace. Right. When yeah. in reality, that's actually not what it means to be a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. when, when, there, when something needs to be confronted, that's you can do that in such a way as to make peace. Right. Like, have you ever been in a place where you have like tension, whether it's in like a relationship or whatever, and Mm -hmm. there's tension, you know, something is wrong. Something needs to be said. Yeah. And the choice is, well, I can, I can do my best to muster up my own peace Mm -hmm. by doing nothing and just living passively. Yeah. Or I can have a conversation Mm-hmm. And we can actually do something that will lead to actual true peace yeah. for both of us. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely been in those situations. Yeah. More times than, you know, Yeah. I'd like to admit. Uh-huh. Because, you know, yeah. I've been on both ends too of like, yeah, I'm going to just do my best to kind of ignore what's going on and just stay uninvolved. Right. Which you could kind of argue that you're actually being a dysfunction keeper. At that point. Oh, wow. Where like, you know what? (laughs) That's all going on. That's a bit messy. Right. Let's just keep it right where it is. Right. Let's not poke the bear. (laughs) I see something really dysfunctional happening over here. Yeah. But I don't want to get involved. Yeah. And you're right. And that's where like this passivity comes into play. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard because passivity has a lot of like perceived benefits, I think. Yeah. I think we can perceive it as being beneficial to us to be sure. passive mm-hmm. in an effort to maintain our own personal peace. Yeah. But then when you realize that actually being a peacemaker requires that you fig- you learn how to do healthy confrontation well mm-hmm. yeah. and you learn how to confront people and address problems. Right. Because that can be done. And I, I think for a lot of people, confrontation is like, is just a bad word. Mm-hmm. It's just, it has only negative connotation to it. Yeah. It's like, that's when people are fighting and screaming and, you know, yeah. everybody's mad. And I think, and, and I wonder like too, <laughs> yeah, I can, but, but I wonder if to what Noah and I talked about a few weeks ago about how people often have still a very unhealthy relationship with authority. Mm. And I wonder too, if, conf- if the maybe desire to avoid confrontation might also stem for some people from having unhealthy relationship with authority. Yeah. Um, But 
I don't see how we can be peacemakers and not also learn how to confront people really well right. in a loving way, yeah, in a restorative way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think if you go into a situation just trying to, you know, get peace for just yourself, mm-hmm. then there's a selfish motive there. Sure. You know, I'm trying to do this to protect myself rather than I'm trying to do this to protect our relationship mm-hmm. or to protect your relationship with this person. You know, yeah. I am getting involved because I see this happening and, you know, it doesn't look like love. Right. So, you know, what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when, you know, the only goal is to maintain your own peace, you start to lose, you start to lose compassion. Like we were just talking about, you start to lose, yeah. you start to lose love. Yeah. Really when it comes down to it, because all you're concerned with is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to read Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. And um, and that reminds me, too, of, this goes, works with peace and joy, but Romans 15, 13 talks mm-hmm. about how God will fill us up as we trust him. He will fill us up with all peace and all yeah. joy. Yeah. And there's just something about coming to him and trusting him yeah. and letting him be that source mm-hmm. of peace and joy for us. Yeah. It's really, really profound. Right. When you bring your concerns to him, when you lay your burdens down at his feet, yeah, you know, he tells us, I'll give you peace. Mm-hmm. And that's a promise. That's not something that he's like, eh, if you say it the right way, right. We'll, we'll talk about it. Right. You know, but it's, it's a, it's a trade yeah. that feels really unfair right. on his end. You know, yeah. it's like, wait, so you get all this junk that mm-hmm. I'm bringing you, but you're going to give me peace. Right. Yeah. And to have the peace that surpasses understanding, what that tells me is that understanding isn't a prerequisite in any mm. situation hmm. to experience the peace yeah, of God. That's good. Yeah. Because his peace will actually surpass your understanding. It transcends it. Right. So I don't have to understand how he's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. I think the only thing I have to understand is that he loves me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just know that like he's going to take yeah. care of you and protect you through right. you know, any situation. I feel like we've been through a number of things that it's like, this doesn't look necessarily good from like a worldly standard or a worldly viewpoint. But both of us have just been like, you know, we feel the Lord's peace on it. So it's what we're going to do. Yeah. And what do you know? We're doing just fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go on and let's talk about patience. Yeah. So we've got joy, peace, and now patience. So what, uh, what would you say about patience? In its counterfeit form. Yeah. So patience doesn't necessarily have like a 100% like opposite word, but patience is way more like situation based and just lacking. Yeah. So it's not a patience that's going to be able to endure a whole lot. Yeah. So you could really just say it's just 
impatience. <laughs> you okay. know, like yeah. just, uh, you know, you're patient when you want to be hmm. type thing. Yeah. And it's not something that has any type of, um, you know, I'm looking for the word. I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> Endurance. There okay. we go. Like, I think I might've already said that even now and I couldn't think of it. Um, but you know, there's just no endurance to your patience where sure. it's like, okay, I can be patient with you if you do this one time after mm-hmm. I asked you not to, but after that you're done. Yeah. You know, it's gone. My right. patience is worn. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me of, um, I don't have this verse here, but I'm pretty sure it's second Peter three, nine mm-hmm. that talks about how it says the Lord is not slow as some count slowness, slowness mm. but he is patient towards you, wishing that all would, that all would reach repentance. Mm. And there, there is this aspect where I think we, I think it can be easy to assume that he's impatient with us yeah. when we become impatient with ourselves. Right. But when you realize how much he loves you and how much he just wants to be with you. Yeah. You realize that he's not impatiently trying to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's very patient with you. Just, yeah. Just being with you where you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He loves you just yeah. as fully now. Right. As he does when you come to that yeah. place. Yeah. Well, you know, while I do think he enjoys seeing us mature, mm-hmm. become mature believers, I don't think he's impatient with us when we're acting immature. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's, and this actually will move into the next fruit, but kindness. Mm. The Bible talks about, it's also the kindness of God that leads us to, that leads us to repentance. Yeah. And so he's so patient and he is so kind. And those two things together will lead us into understanding Mm. and thinking more correctly about him and about, the kingdom and about ourselves. Right. Knowing that he's like one, he's not in a hurry for you to come to any, you Mm -hmm. know, understanding or any revelation. He wants you to, you know, sure. Of course there's, I think there's probably like an anticipation that he has like, Oh, I just want you to be here. You know, like, Oh, I just can't wait, you know, but at the same time he carries that just, everlasting patience. (laughs) It's like, I'm not going to hurry you. I'm not going to rush you. I'm not going to pull you to a place that you're not ready to be in. Yeah. Um, He wants to see repentance in the form of, you know, he wants to see us learn how to think like him. Yeah. But he's not frustrated with us Mm -hmm. in that process. Yeah. He's really patient with us in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that does lead us into kindness. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is the the counterfeit version of kindness. This is a, a tough one to swallow. Uh, <laughs> so this one would be manipulation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think probably we can all say that there has been somebody in our lives who has been just so kind mm-hmm. to us. But then if we don't do exactly what they want, if we don't say exactly what they want, Mm-hmm. they're like well just forget it you know and then yeah. they like flip a coin you know and it's like wait a minute who are you now right. and it's because they were being kind in order 
to get something that they wanted out of you. Sure. You know, in order to make a situation into something that they wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, that kindness has an underlying motive behind yeah. it of like, okay, I'm going to be nice to you so that I can get what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we can also all probably say that we've been there ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like especially with parenting, sometimes yeah. that can sneak in <laughs> real quick where it's like, okay, I'm going to be really sweet because I just want you to calm down and, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think it's a sneaky one mm-hmm. that sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll read Luke 635. Mm. It says, but love your enemies do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Hmm. Yeah. And um, if I remember correctly, I think the word children in that verse says, and you will be children of the most high. Mm-hmm. Um and this may be something I'll talk more about in another episode, but there are five different Greek words for like son yeah. or child mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Yeah. And um, each one uh, each one implies a different level of maturity. Mm-hmm. And um, it goes all the way from like baby to like infant or sorry, to like toddler right. to like a little bit older, maybe like a middle school age. Mm-hmm person spiritually to like spiritually like a high schooler Mm -hmm. or teenager to spiritually like a fully mature son and the word that describes in the greek a fully mature son or daughter who understands who they are and Mm -hmm. who their father is Mm -hmm. and they know how to represent him and his kingdom and everything they do yeah that word is huios Mm -hmm. and if i remember correctly that is the word that children is being translated from in this verse. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, what Jesus is saying is when you learn how to love your enemies and do good to everybody and expecting nothing in return. Mm -hmm. In other words, when you, when you learn how to love on the basis and truth that you are loved and everybody is worthy of love and Mm -hmm. you expect nothing in return, that is a mark of, of a mature son or daughter. Yeah. Yeah we're able to actually like mirror the kindness of God when yeah. we do that. Right. And really show his character to people around us when we have absolutely no intention of even receiving kindness in return. Mm-hmm. You know, you can yeah. be fully 100% okay with being just the most kind to somebody. Yeah. And then just turning around and turning around and slapping you in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. No retaliation. Yeah. No, you know, no motive of even like expecting kindness, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's that's difficult in times because it's like, yeah. well, I was just being really nice to you. Why are mm-hmm. you being mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah. I think, you know, just the amount of times that the Lord, I mean, it says because he's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Right. You know, like the Lord, his blessings yeah. are subject to anybody. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. 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 He doesn't withhold kindness. Right. On the basis of our performance or our behavior. Yeah. But again, he's kind to us knowing that kindness actually 
causes people to change the way they think. Right. Because his kindness, kindness leads people to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't withhold kindness because we aren't thinking properly. Yeah. But he remains kind knowing that if we recognize that kindness, mm-hmm. it will actually cause us to think differently about him yeah. and about ourselves and about right. our situation. Yep. Yeah. All right. For the sake of time, we need to keep moving on. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about goodness. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably a little bit similar to kindness. Yeah. Maybe in some ways. Yeah. They can kind of be like intertwined. Yeah. But what would you bit. say about the counterfeit for goodness? So that one can look like selfishness. Okay. Or just, you know, being good solely for the fact of, or solely for the intention of what you get in return mm-hmm. or like the praise and attention that you receive for being so good. Sure. You know, like you do something and what you're looking for is like, oh, look at how good right. that person is. You know, look at how kind they're being. Look at how, you know, all the, you know, all the babies that they've, taking you know whatever that they've given money to it's like you're looking for the praise and attention you're not doing it just because you want to be good well and that reminds me of it's matthew it's around six or seven where Mm. jesus on multiple occasions he says things like like if you're gonna pray don't do it like the pharisees yeah (laughs) because they pray in such a way as to be noticed and recognized right for how profound yeah you know yeah putting in quotes how profound their prayers are right or if you're going to be generous be generous Mm -hmm. but when you are generous don't do it like the pharisees yeah because they give in such a way as to receive recognition for how generous they are Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think that is a great example of how goodness can be counterfeited yeah that it seems on the outside like what they're doing is good. They're praying, they're giving. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is like, actually, there is a more excellent way. Yeah. There is a way of doing this. Right. That is more good. Yeah. Yeah. More <laughs> good. Yeah. Like be good without looking for a title. Right. Behind it. Yeah. You know, like quit looking for self-promotion yeah. just because you, you know, you did what you did. Yeah. Be good to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and good. goodness is so powerful too. Like Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah. And so I think we miss like the strength behind goodness mm-hmm. sometimes that it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's good to be good. It's nice to be good. Yeah. You know, but actually it's powerful to be good. Yeah. And you can change an atmosphere wow. with your goodness and your kindness when, if you have, the intention of mirroring mirroring what the father is like. Yeah. You know, I mean, we sing songs about his goodness right. all the time. So you can sing as many songs as you want, but if you're not going to live it out, yeah, there's, you know, there's nothing behind your words. Mm. But if you actually have actions that match what you declare about the father, yeah. and you say, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm for like for you to do life with the father like yeah. this is something goodness is something you can get used to right when yeah. you're doing life with him and i think that you can completely change yeah and i do think there's you know an aspect with all of these that in order to become them we need to find them in him mm-hmm. yeah and so the more time we spend with him the mm-hmm. more time we spend with the holy spirit discovering what he's really like you realize oh you really are joy. Yeah. You really are peace and right. patience and kindness and goodness. Yeah. You really are good. 
And the more we see those things in him, mm-hmm. the easier it will be to see them in ourselves yeah. and realize that this is actually how we were created to function. Right. Absolutely. We were, we are innately designed to carry and produce the fruits of the, the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So what would you say about that? Yeah. So faithfulness without love is really, it's easy to just find that in yourself rather than having your faith in the Lord. So mm. that looks like instead of, you know, instead of your faith being grounded in who the Lord says he is and making decisions based on that faith, you are actually going to be making decisions based on what you need and what you want. Like mm. whatever can be going on around you, but really, you know, the only person you think you can trust is yourself. Yeah. And so you'll judge people based on mm. what is going on in your heart. You'll, you know, make decisions on how to treat other people based on what you think is best for you. Yeah. Rather than like, knowing and trusting, you know, that your faith can remain in the Lord. Yeah. 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 It's funny when you think about it, a lot of these kind of just come back to being really selfish. Yeah. (laughs) If you're not rooted, (laughs) if you're not rooted in the love of God, yeah, then a lot of your motivation becomes just looking out for you, Mm -hmm. even if it comes at the expense of others. Right. But I think when you find yourself rooted so deeply in his love, I think what happens is you begin to look and you begin to look for opportunities to create scenarios that are good Mm -hmm. for everybody, including you. Right. Being, being good and patient and kind um, while that might be tough and require a lot of humility at times, Mm -hmm. it is actually the best thing for you. Yeah. And not only that, but you are actually looking to improve the quality of the lives of the people around you too. Right. Yeah. And it's amazing how much that will stand out. Sure. Too in the world, especially, you know, like you'd hope that it wouldn't stand out so much in the body of believers, mm-hmm. you know, but even then sometimes it does. Um, but I mean, it's shocking how often like we're out in public or, you know, and I'll, if I'm like shopping with the girls and I look, just make eye contact with somebody and say like, Hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, they look around like, are you talking to me? Like what? Are you, you know, like, are you at being me? nice to me? Like people's <laughs> minds are like blown by yeah. just the simplest act do of you, kindness. Do you remember, this was probably a year or two ago at this point, it was a long time ago, but do you remember when we were at Target and we were at the return counter and we had just like spoken just very normally uh-huh. to, to whoever was working there. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we literally didn't even go out of our way. <laughs> yes, we were not, <laughs> we were not trying to be like overly kind. Yeah. We were just being, yeah. we were just there. Yeah. And afterward they were like, they basically told us, they were like, you guys are the kindest people we've met yes. all day. Yep. <laughs> and we're and like, we were like, um, what? wait, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And, it's and that's it's rare. That is a really sad. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the <laughs> word is. Uh, There's a word I'm thinking of, but I can't think of it. But that just makes me really sad. Yeah. That we were not even going out of our way to be extra kind. Right. We were just existing, just being there as yeah. we are around them. <laughs> yeah. And yep. that that you know, 
a sad yeah. commentary. That's what I was that thinking That we stood of. out yeah. to them just by being, you know, right. what we considered to be mm-hmm. average. Yeah. <laughs> just, just being there. <laughs> yeah. But I don't yeah. know. I guess, you know, maybe that's just a testament to what it, because we do try to live our lives really yeah. rooted deeply in the love of God. Right. And to let everything in him, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. be in us too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Forgot yeah, about that that. I forgot about that too. That is so funny. Um, <laughs> let's talk about gentleness. Yeah. So what would the counterfeit of gentleness be? Uh, timidity. Okay. So that looks like, you know, just being really, I'm trying to figure out how to like describe this without using the word gentle. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just very like it's withdrawn like, yeah. and, you know, you don't speak up for yourself. You're not, sure. you're not a big loud presence to be around. You're just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you're in the room, but people might not notice that you're in the room. You know, you don't have, you don't feel that you have, well, really, I think if you're living in timidity, you don't feel that your voice matters. Yeah. And so you don't speak up. I think, yeah. For what you believe, mm-hmm. you don't speak up in situations, you know, you're very passive. So it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of these counterfeits yeah. go hand in hand, which is kind of funny because the true versions of these oh, for sure. really go hand in hand too. Yeah. So like they all kind of flow out of each other, in and out of each other. Right. And so you could argue that like if you're living in, maybe one of the counterfeits yeah you might be living in more than just the one wow at times at least not saying that like if you do this one thing wrong you're doing it all wrong but like it's possible yeah that you're you know if you are living in timidity that you are actually looking more out for yourself because you don't want to have to have those confrontational conversations and Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think just snowball it i think Probably timid used to describe me way more. Yeah, years ago. Oh yeah, because I've been like the quiet one. Yeah, and yeah. I still am not, and will never be the loud big right. personality in the room. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah. That's um, not who you are. Yeah, and that's fine. I don't need to be the center of the party. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer not to even be at the party, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> but if I am at the party, you Just may not know. Invite. You may yeah. not even know that I'm there. Yep. But. Uh, and that was something the Lord talked to me about because I've always been the quiet one. Mm-hmm. And that was something I felt shame for for so long. Yeah, yeah. But the Lord kind of helped me through that in two phases. First, he He taught me that it's okay to be mm-hmm. quiet-natured and it's mm-hmm. okay to not be the big, loud personality in the room. Yeah. But then he took that a step further and said, it's okay to be that way but I do need you to know that your voice matters mm-hmm. and I know, and I need you to know that you, what you have to say is important. Yeah. And so don't basically like, don't let your gentleness become timidity. Yeah. Be a gentle person. Mm-hmm. And the Bible even says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Right. Yeah. But you're right. Timidity is taking it a bit further yeah. to where you're not just gentle. You actually, I, and for me, I don't know if, it, you know, other people might relate to this, but for me, I think my timidity came from just not understanding my value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because I lived there for a while, too. I was, I was never really known as like the quiet one. Mm-hmm. But my voice was for sure not heard. Sure. Like you've even witnessed times. Yeah. I won't say specifically where, <laughs> but where I have said something uh-huh. 
nobody hears it. Yeah. Or, you know, I might get like, a, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like the mm-hmm. pity response. And then somebody else will literally say the exact same thing right. about five minutes later. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, that's a great <laughs> idea. You know, it's like this uproar of like, wow, you're so brilliant. And yeah. I like look at you like, did you hear me literally just say that five minutes ago? Yeah. But like that was because I was living in a place sure. of timidity just because I had had the experience that my voice wasn't heard. I had mm-hmm. had the experience that, you know, maybe just don't even speak up Yeah, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, but um, so I started to believe that I didn't matter or my right. voice or opinions didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's not necessarily the correct response is to just agree with that and keep going on. Right. Um, in 2 Timothy 2 uh, verses 24 and 25, towards the end, it says uh, you correct or correcting his opponents with gentleness. Mm. Wow. So. Well, I'll just read the whole verse so you can okay. hear it. says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Which, like, I mean, if you just look at that, that hits yeah. on a couple different mm-hmm. fruit, you know, uh, expressions right. of the fruit of the Spirit. But yeah. uh, just that correcting his opponents with gentleness. Mm -hmm. That would be the complete opposite of timidity because somebody who is timid wouldn't even think to correct his opponents. They're just like, I'm going to back off. Right. Um, But when we realize that gentleness isn't actually weakness Mm -hmm. in the kingdom of God, it is 100% a strength when you can approach something, something that is, you know, counter to the kingdom of God mm-hmm. with gentleness, not raising your voice, not right. wagging your finger at somebody, mm-hmm. not like shaking somebody by the shoulders, like trying right. to tell them what is wrong with them. You are using that gentleness that the Lord always speaks to us in, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I guess I can't say always. A lot of the time he mm-hmm. speaks to us, you know, with that gentle whisper. Yeah. Of like, hey, you know, I love you. Yeah. You know, his corrections are so gentle. Yeah. 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 I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We're about out of time. Uh, okay. Self-control. Self-control. So uh, this one really can look a lot like without love can look like religious duty. Okay. Or just doing what you think you should do in situations yeah. based on just, you know, really what it boils down to is the law. Yeah. And um just making decisions not out of your identity of like who you are and knowing that you're loved mm-hmm. not making decisions out of that place but making decisions kind of going back to in like in that performance of yeah. like earning in order you to know be loved. i'm going yeah. to like keep myself in line so that i can get to heaven you know <laughs> yeah right yeah that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally see that in that like I do believe in discipline and yeah. self-control. Oh yeah. But I think self-control primarily is meant to be something that we do in where in which I'm trying to think of how to say this. If we know if I know who the Father says I am, self-control from then means making decisions and determining who I'm going to be 
on the basis of who he says I am, mm. regardless of what anybody around me is doing. Yeah, yeah. But I think you're right in that if I don't fully know who the Father says I am, mm-hmm. I might be a disciplined person and I might have self-control, but I wonder how often that discipline is going to take the form of religious duty Yeah. to where I'm not doing this because I know who he says I am. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this in order for him to hopefully like me enough Yeah. to let me into heaven. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you've talked about this on the podcast. If not, people, I know people have heard you talk about it like on a Sunday or something, but just sin management. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That, yeah. you know, that is kind of another way that you can look at it. Yeah. That, you know, you're just going to be constantly basically trying to convince yourself not to sin mm-hmm. rather than that decision almost not even being in your mind in the first place. Yeah. Right. You know, of mm-hmm. just knowing that like, hey, I'm loved. So yeah, that doesn't even sound like an option to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I'll close with this thought, I think that self-control is actually the thing, in a sense, I don't, I don't want to use the word empowers, because love is what empowers all of these. Mm-hmm. But I think self-control is the thing that we really need to yeah. help all of them, all of these other fruits float as well. Because Absolutely, yeah. I think there is a level of, I think there's a place in which we we need to almost have like a premeditated idea mm-hmm. every day of who we're going to be. Yeah. So, and that looks like waking up knowing I am loved. Mm-hmm. I am joyful. Yeah. And I carry peace and I yeah. am patient. I am kind. I'm good. I am all of these. Mm-hmm. And self-control is waking up in the morning and determining no matter what happens to me throughout the day, yeah. no matter who I meet, yep. I am determined that this is who I'm going to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like no matter, yeah, no matter yeah. what circumstance I walk into, yep. this is the person I am. Yep. This is who I will stay. When I go to the store, I don't need people to make me kind. Yeah. I don't, when I go to the restaurant, I don't need people to make me generous. Yeah. Because I've already been told that I'm kind and that right. I'm generous. I've already yeah. been told that I'm good, mm-hmm. that I'm faithful. Yeah. So I'm going to d- determine ahead of time to be those things mm-hmm. regardless of who I encounter today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that like, you know, all those things, again, flow from just spending that time mm-hmm. in intimacy with the Lord yeah. in those intimate moments of really getting to know who he is so you get to know who you are. Yeah. And just allowing those things to flow out of you naturally wherever you are mm-hmm. and just, you know, accepting that, you know, I am loved. Mm-hmm. I am whole. I am his. Right. Yeah. yeah. And just you know, letting those, letting that fruit yeah, just be shared by all. <laughs> all right. Well, we've gone over time, so Oops. I'm going to cut us off. Okay. But that was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And to all of you listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, we love you. Have a great week. <laughs>